Fun fact, I was the first Lululemon ambassador here in the state of Arizona back in like circa 2005, 2006. How cool is this then that Lulu is back in your life again? Yeah, it's it's amazing because guys, I'm so excited to tell you about this Lululemon 10K tour. It's coming to Scottsdale and we're going to be running it with you. Wait. Wait, wait. I thought we were just promoting the 10K. I don't know that I'm ready to run this thing, bro. Relax, bro. Relax. You and everybody listening totally has this because new for 2023 is this 10K tour training program, which you can use, Matthew, and I can use it, and anybody else, which will be hosted on the Lululemon Studio app. The date is November 12th and the course is unreal. Now, if you can't join us, you can participate virtually wherever you live. Plus, your participation will activate a donation to the National Alliance for Mental Illness. Visit lululemon10ktour.com to sign up today. It's a, it's a mouthful. Lululemon 10, then the letter K, tour. Com to sign up today. Yeah, go sign up now, either virtually or in person, and you can run with us November 12th for the Lululemon 10K Tour in Scottsdale, guys. You'll get a Lululemon participant shirt, a finisher medal, an exclusive 10K training program, and all of the amazing pre- and post-race amenities, including yoga, meditation, even a post-race treat. Go to lululemon10ktour.com. That's lululemon, the number 1010K tour.com to sign up right now with a group of friends. This episode of the I Needed That podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and NeuroGum and Mints, buddy. I've been hearing for some friends, Chris. Everybody's on the NeuroGum and Mints kick. They dig it. <laughs> I know. You think it's, as long as they just try it, we know they're going to like it. Yeah. So they're they're throwing a good party. <laughs> Wait, I don't think you can explain enough this little caffeine hack that you have and the reason that I think it's such a neat thing for people to try it. Yeah, well, we were just talking about it again this, this morning. morning. I know. And the, the, here's here's the best part about it is when you understand how your body is going to adapt to any kind of formula, any kind of caffeine and theanine, et cetera, um, you, you always get that amazing feeling at first for the first few weeks, and then it starts to taper off a little bit. And this is, it's funny because I, I kind of, I have a rotation of between like coffee and an energy drink powder. And then as soon as you said, hey, hey, try one of these neural mints, it was great because I got that pick me up. Like like when I had a cup of coffee for the very first time. Well, throw down right now. We've got a link waiting for you inside the show notes to link to NeuroGum and Mints. Uh, also, let's have uh, just a quick discussion about BetterHelp because we're getting some great feedback on there too. You and I both experienced therapy. We both have done talk therapy. We've both done other modalities. Um, give me Give me one of your biggest takeaways from talk therapy, man. It's something that you, you use even to this day. Well, you know, the one thing having literally just spoken with my therapist a week and a half ago, going through my own things. Um, we have the answers inside, but we need that connection with someone else to help us find them. And that's, I've been doing therapy for seven plus years and every single therapist, they, they just know how to ask the right questions to help us find the answers inside of us. But the thing is I've, in 45 years of my life, I haven't been able to find it myself. It's always been in the interaction, the connection with another human who also kind of can understand it because they're, they're not in they're, they're not in the forest, right? They're, they're not stuck in it. So they can step outside. They can see where my mind might be going, ask a couple questions and give me that aha moment. And it's, it has changed my life significantly. How about yourself? Well, it's the truth, man. I just think that's what it is. They ask you the question so you can find the answers yourself. That's it. Because we all know we're never going to change anything about ourselves until we're ready to change. Bingo. And we're not going to ever be ready to change until we see it in ourselves. Oh. So, yeah. If you want to save 10% on your first month at BetterHelp, we've got a link uh, set up for you guys in the show notes. You can just head on over to uh, the I Needed That podcast, open up any one of our show notes and the links there at the bottom for both NeuroGum and Mints and BetterHelp. Should we do a podcast? Well, absolutely. Let's Let's go. go. I needed that. I'm down for that. I think that's cool. Well, Chris's podcast, I Needed That, co-hosted 
hosted by Matthew Blades is available on all streaming platforms, everybody. There is a direct link with the, the neuroscience of this, and it's all about goal setting. I walked away from my radio show with a year left on my contract. Again, we were talking with Rachel from season five of my show. I had a dream about you the other day where you were singing. Get out. I don't know what it was, but you were singing. That was a nightmare. This is it, Chris. Welcome to another episode of the I Needed That podcast. This is number 42, the great Pat Tillman. Oh, man. Do you know that I uh, I used to see him on campus all the time at Arizona State University? I wondered about that the other day. I was thinking yep. you guys must have gone to school around the same time together. Yep. And you know what was really cool? That uh, we both had long blonde hair down to like just underneath you our did? chins. Yes, I did. And he, he and I had like... Ex- identical hair and we'd all we, we would no joke give each other the nod on campus and it must have been a, either a hair thing or the muscle thing only thing is that he he was about 50 pounds heavier than i was all yeah. muscle and probably a lot taller too right yeah and his jaw was way more chiseled than mine he's a big dude for people <laughs> yeah. that don't know pat tillman was uh, a really really good uh standout athlete at arizona state university went on to play pro football uh then went into the military shortly after 9 11 and it's a controversial story, mm. but was killed by friendly fire yeah. and uh, sadly lost his life in yeah. battle. And so he's, he's deeply respected. He's, he's honored all over Arizona. He's got a huge run walk that takes place every year. And um, yeah, he's, a, he's one of those guys a lot of people respect. As he should be. He, sure. was, he was a man of integrity. He always was. Yeah. And man, he could get everybody so fired up. Just So for me, even, even when he was alive, everybody loved and respected and honored him. So even for him just to give, give me the nod on campus, I was like, all right, that's cool. I knew exactly who he was all the time. So. Speaking of Ron Walk, before we get any further, just a reminder that uh, this guy and I and our whole team here at the I Need That Podcast are going to be running in the Lululemon 10K Tour that's coming to Scottsdale November 12th, and we, we, we'd love to have everybody run alongside us. Because I'm going to be honest, I, I, I need some, some help, man. I've been training <laughs> the last couple of days, mm. and I haven't run in a few years, mm. mostly because I hate to run. <laughs> and um, it's been really challenging. Man, my whole body is is really upset with me right now about this new activity that i've introduced <laughs> this this crazy thing that you're making it do i know here's the thing okay uh, don't put you don't have to jump in and re- and run per se do the run walk method i'm telling you buddy that's what i'm doing <laughs> okay that's what i'm doing you're, you're- is it the run walk method or just the walk method? It's the run walk. It's anything over like just walking. Okay. okay. I'm sorry okay. to be such a baby about then, this. No joke. Scale it down. So how long are you running? A minute? No, two like minutes? ten minutes. Okay, dude, bring it down to a minute. Literally walk for two or three minutes, then run for a minute. Walk for two minutes or three minutes, run for a minute. I'm telling okay. you, scale it way back. Typically, when I run walk, I'll only run for maybe two or three minutes max, and I'll bring it down to a fast walk. I'm t- you know what's really wild? People are PRing doing this kind of stuff. Now, granted, not on PR-ing? a super uh, a personal record. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so we're, we're like a PB, a personal best. And so it is. It How's is, that different from a PB and J? Well, pretty much they both feel really good. <laughs> so <laughs> a personal best and a PB and J. They're, they're both. You don't it, put bananas on yours, do you? I don't. Okay. I thanks. Don't. Anyways, back to the train. Yeah. So, dude, less is more. And I'm telling you, it's probably one of the easiest way to get anyone from a couch to a 5K. Just we're talking to it five minutes at a time. Just get off the couch. Go walk for two minutes. Pick it up to a, a, a jog for 30 seconds. Bring it back down to two minutes. Jog for 30 seconds. And then every, every week or so, extend the time out a little bit. Take it from five minutes to 10 minutes. 10 minutes to 15 minutes. And then start to increase the intervals at which you're walking and jogging. So, like, again, you know, walk for a minute, jog for a minute. Walk for a minute, jog for a minute. It is the friendliest way to slowly increase that kind of volume and get your body accustomed to it. No joke, and I promise you this, my friend. I uh-huh. promise you this. Uh-huh. Don't put a lot of pressure on yourself. It's not like we're going to be out there with a bunch of professional runners. It feels like I, it. It's I can, the Lululemon 10K. Like it feels like this is the, the almost <laughs> the Boston Marathon. No, it, here's the best part about these events. I guarantee you, seventy percent of the people out there have never run a 10K before. Okay. And by the way, 
it's like a party. It's a moving party. And that's why, like, if you guys are here in Arizona, join us because there's going to be a little party around us. We're going to have a whole crew of people there. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we're going to have, like, a whole squad. Mostly carrying me. Mostly there is to carry me. I wonder if I could bring a bike and then if I could just (laughs) sub out after the first walk. Could just jump on a bike. They might DQ you for that. But nevertheless, (laughs) Dairy Queen me? I I promise you, we are all going to get across the finish line. No problem at all. Most of the people there, again, they will have gone from a couch to this 10K. All right. And, and the, the, it's going to be leisurely. There's going to be music. There's going to be, it's going to be a moving party. I'm telling you. I'm excited it's, about it. It's going to be a blast. I really am excited about it. I don't mean to take away. I think all, I'm just nervous. That's yeah, all this is. I get it. I'm just nervous. And by the way, that nervousness is, it's good because it means that you care. And also that nervous, here's the other really cool thing about these events. The moment that you realize there's an event that you actually have to perform at, mm-hmm. it is extremely motivating. <laughs> is that the is, word we're going to use? Not? Yes. Yeah, it's okay. the funniest thing because it's yeah. like trying to get someone off the couch is so hard. But the moment they actually click yeah. register, immediately, there. did you feel this? The moment you hit register, there's this, this fire underneath and you're like, I got to go to the gym now. Yeah. <laughs> and so right you, now. you feel it bubbling up and, and it, it gets you in line because you can't push that deadline back. A lot of times, if it's a personal goal, you can, yeah. yeah, you can fudge it. You can push it back a week, two weeks, three weeks, whatever. Not this one. No. It's November 12th. This date is set, and on November 12th, you're going to show up, and you're going to move your body 6.2 miles, a 10K. And so, the, by the way, awesome. so let this be a lesson for everybody. If you really want to be, if you cannot find yourself motivated to take that, that first step, sign up for an event. And I promise you, the moment you hit register... Man, that fire comes alive. All right, listen, I, I want to talk. We're about to bring our guest in here in just a second because I can see her shaking her head. So she's clearly <laughs> agreeing with everything you say. I wonder what her training plan would be for a 10K. Um, before we bring uh, Brianna in, I want to read this quote that I found on the uh, on the web, the World Wide Web. You've heard about this, the internet? Once or twice. Yeah, yes. uh, so it's uh, David Thoreau's the guy that uh, mm. came up with the with the the quote, and it's, success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. Mm. And uh, then you put some context around that and you say good things happen when you focus on the process rather than fixating on the outcome. Being fully engaged in the present moment, success will reach you. Mm. We try to chase success rather than wait for success to come our way. And I thought that to be a very appropriate quote today because without even knowing Brianna's story, it feels like this is what the method that she has put into place. It feels like she stepped into the process and and she just is continuing it. Yes. There's no like, maybe there is a goal and we'll talk about those things, but for her to just fall in love with the process is why she was able to be successful. And, and not just successful in reaching her goal, but she continues to be successful and this is why I'm, I'm so excited to bring her onto this podcast so she can share so much about her journey. But um, she has been through an incredible transformation. I'll let the cat out of the bag there. But she has continued to be successful. Like She actually went through all of the weight loss part of her transformation almost 10 years ago. Mm. And she, is, she has not only maintained it, but has continuously honed and refined and now she's paying it forward. And I mean, again, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag a little bit, but she's, she's a personal trainer now and a certified nutritionist and she's helping other people through the journey. So she's living into it. So like, not only did she find herself in this journey, but she's continuing this journey for the rest of her life, which is so cool. It's the part that excites you for sure. It is. And this is why she's such a beautiful guest for us because she's been there. She's been through it. And I can't wait for her to, to share what she's learned about herself along the way so that all of our listeners, can, they, they can hang on to that. Well, let's get to it All then. Right. We've welcomed her into the frame. Brianna Bernard, how are you this morning? I am stoked to be here with you guys. It yeah. is such an honor to be here, and thank you so much for having me. Oh, We had to have you because when she wrote to us, she said, you know, what she did changed her life in every way. It changed her relationship with food and exercise. It changed the way she feels about herself. It changed the way she parents her child. It gave me the courage and confidence to leave a marriage that was no longer serving me and to become a single working mom. It introduced me to competitive powerlifting and the physical strength I found in that sport spilled over into every area of my life, and that's the kind of energy we want on the I Needed That podcast. Absolutely. 100%. Yes. Yes. Okay. Where do you want so, to start? Where do you want to start, Chris? Can we take this all the way back to the very beginning? Because I know you came from a place that I'm sure a lot of our listeners may be in right now or they can relate to. So can you give us the story from, from the beginning when it came to your struggles with obesity? 
Yeah. So I was always a normal sized person. I would say I was really average weight until I got pregnant. Um, and of course we all gain weight when we're pregnant, you're supposed to gain weight. Right. I gained a whopping 70 pounds during my pregnancy. And I think like a lot of people, when I started dating my then husband, you sort of gain some like in love weight. Like you're happy, you're going on dates, you're going out to eat, you're having drinks. And I'd already probably gained maybe 20 pounds from the time that I started dating my husband until I got pregnant. So I was already up a little bit on the scale. And then I got super sick being pregnant and carbs were the one thing that didn't sound awful. And I packed on a ton of weight. And the week I gave birth to my son, I was well over 250 pounds. Mm, okay. And I, I really wasn't worried about it at the time. It was interesting. I thought, you know, ugh, the baby's going to come and I'm going to lose all this weight. I'm going to be nursing. Like, psh, it's just going to fall off. And that was not the situation. Uh, my son did not weigh 70 pounds. He was only eight pounds and some change. Uh, so I was pretty much the same in the same spot that I was post giving birth that I was while I was pregnant. And so it, it became the realization real quickly that I'm going to need to, to do the work. I'm going to need to put some effort into this. It's not just going to go away. Right. Yeah. I'm curious when you, because, and we should give women grace. Cause you just said like, you're obviously you're going to put on weight when you're carrying a baby. And that's such a normal thing for, for, I mean, it has to come with it, right? The two kind of coincide with each other, but did you get to a point and, I, and I'm going to be real honest with our audience right now. When you wrote to us, you said there was a point in my life where I was disgusted and embarrassed with yourself. And those are the words you used, right? And so, I mean, at what stage of the game do you get to a point where you're feeling bad about yourself? Yeah, I just, I, in conjunction with having a newborn in my house, yeah. you just stop feeling like you anymore. I remember looking at myself in the mirror and being like, who is this chick? Where did I go? Not only do I look physically completely different, but my whole world is revolved around this little human now. Mm. And I am... MIA and I, I need to get myself back. What what did a typical day look like for you when when you were at your darkest place? If you're like, and, and maybe it wasn't dark. Maybe it was just hard, blissful ignorance, you know, <laughs> whatever it might be. But what what did that look like? That's a great question. I I didn't really look at myself. I mean, of course I'd catch glimpses of myself in the mirror or see a picture of myself and be like, wow, that's what I look like. I was kind of blissfully unaware that I was as big as I was. I didn't realize how out of control it had gotten because I was in love with my little boy and I was a stay at home mom at the time. And I was so just absorbed in his world and taking care of his needs. But looking back, I was not moving. I was not making healthy choices. Like thinking back, when I think about what I ate, there was no protein in my diet. I was what, eating carbs. What, what did you eat? Uh, for breakfast, I remember eating things like cereal or I'd have a Pop-Tart or I'd have a bagel with cream cheese or I'd have um, toast with peanut butter and jelly on it. Um, for lunch, I would eat out a lot because you know I just didn't have time taking care of a newborn to make a meal. And I was like, it's just me eating it. So let's just like go through the drive-through or let's order takeout and just have it delivered. Or, um, so just eating a lot of processed food. And then for dinners, it was quick. It was like, can I make up frozen pizza? Can we have pasta and spaghetti again? Mm -hmm. Um, is what can happen fast. Which, which you, got, you gotta like, again, to give her grace, you gotta understand like when you have that newborn, I mean, we, we, we've all been there, at least the three of us, like it's exhausting. The last thing you want to do is prepare a meal, cook a meal, clean up a meal. And so it is just easier to run through the drive through. It is just easier to do that dance, but oh, yeah. it's such a slippery slope, isn't it? It is. And especially with like hyper palatables, you know, and yes. I hear you say carbs, but yeah, a lot of the foods you're just talking about, they're, they're super heavy and fat too, but it's also those, that's what also elicits that response where it's like, man, is it, and, and those kinds of foods, they, 
they kind of override your satiety signals. And so you just, you can keep eating them and eating them and eating them. So it's, it is a slippery Hold on. Slow. You went too fast for me and everybody else. I want the two of you to slow that conversation Sorry. down and talk about that. <laughs> no, no, no. It's yeah. just, I'm going to slow it down because it's an important piece to understand. You know, so going back and, and Brianna, correct me. Like, or, you know, we, we can, 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 can kind of yeah. collab back and forth here, but you know, this is, this is the one thing there's, there's no food that's good or bad. There's no right or wrong here at all. It's food. It's just food. And it's got, you know, the only, the catch though, is that these ultra processed foods that are so quickly available to us, you know, there is, there is also a need for the food industry to sell them. And so it behooves them to pump them full of fat, which gives them an incredible mouthfeel, salt, which is delightful, sugar. And, and of course, with those, though, when they process them, they'll tend to remove all the fiber, right? And so the combination of all those different things, removing the fiber and also without a lot of protein in those foods, and think about all the foods that we love to eat, cookies and cake and chips and all these different things, right? You can keep eating a lot of them, but they don't have, they don't have the ingredients that actually make you full. They don't send a full signal to the brain. So it's really easy to eat them because they're super dense in calories, but then they kind of hijack your satiety signals. And so listening to it, and this is why I asked you, what did a typical day look like? And so it's like, okay, you go to eat out at a restaurant, you have no control of the oils that they're using and you know all the sugar and all the salt and everything they've got, so they're loading them up. And then those quick and easy, convenient foods you're eating at dinner or a frozen pizza or something like that, same. And so you just, you know, one slice can quickly turn into the entire pizza and you're not, you don't even think about it. And then, you know, 30 to 40 minutes later, you're like, oh boy. <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's not good. Yeah. Right. 4,000, 5,000 calories later. So give us your version of that. Give us your version of that, Brianna. No, you're a hundred percent right. And I think part of my problem was just not having the education around what is it that's going to keep me full. I'm like, I'm hungry all the time. Well, of course you're freaking hungry. You're not eating any protein. Protein is the thing that makes you feel full. And if you're not eating any of that, you're just going to be a bottomless pit all day and you're just going to keep eating. And the more you eat those things, the more you crave those things because they're genetically modified to be that way. And so it was just, I was stuck on this hamster wheel that I couldn't get off of. Mm. How did you slowly start to unravel that hamster wheel then? Eventually, you must have gotten to a point where you decided to make a choice. I did. I sort of hit a point at my son's first birthday where I was still the same way I was when I gave birth. And I was like, something needs to change here. I know I need to move more. And so I hired a trainer just to hold me accountable to exercise a few days a week. And I remember going in for a consultation and just being like, I just need, I need to be accountable to move. And then like, tell me, what should I be eating about how many calories should I eat? Like I was just kind of winging it in the beginning, but I knew that if I started moving more, it was probably going to trickle over into my eating. And I was maybe going to eat a little better because who wants to go to the gym after you smash a pizza or, you know, you eat eat out and have burger and fries and a shake through the drive-thru. You're not going to go work out after that. So I thought if I can just start by exercising more, maybe the rest of this is going to come together for me too. I just need some accountability because I know I need to move, but I'm not going to do it on my own. But if I have an appointment with you, I'm not going to let you down. I will show up for that appointment. Mm, and I had to, put some, had to put some skin in the game. It's no different than you telling Matthew, like, sign up. If you need some motivation, sign up for an event, right? Like that's going to get your butt to, to start running. And sure. the same was true for me. I was like, if I pay someone, especially as a single or a stay at home mom at that time, it was like a big deal to be putting some finances toward my physical fitness. I was like, okay, we're serious now because I'm, I'm not bringing in any money and now I'm spending my family's money. And so yes. It was huge for me to put some skin in the game and invest in a coach. Did you Did, get, I was just going to ask, yeah. were you supported in that effort? Like, was your partner comfortable spending the money and was okay? Thankfully, yes. Yeah, and good. I think that was a big part of my success as well was that it was like, okay, no, you need to go do something for yourself. Like you're 24 seven playing this mom role and you need something that is your own. And uh, I also felt that uh, not pressure, but I think I just felt the 
the obligation then too to really show up and perform because I, I was like, I don't want to let my partner down. He's putting his faith in me too, that we're, we're all in on this together and I don't want to let my teammate down. So yeah. that accountability was really helpful. Did you feel any mom guilt saying, okay, look, I'm, I'm going to take some family money and I'm going to focus on me. Yeah, and time away from the kids. And time all away from things. my yeah, kid yeah, yeah. and everything. Oh, and it was stupid because I was with my kid 24 seven and then I would leave at like 6 PM. I had, I drove like 45 minutes to go to the gym and drove to the gym. And my husband at the time would put our son to bed. So I was only missing out on like an hour of his life twice a week. And he's sleeping. And he's sleeping. And I'm so guilty. Like I'm crying in the car, driving away, feeling so bad. I was going to ask if you were crying. Yeah. It's so funny that you say that because I used to golf a lot and I used to have so much dad guilt over golf that I like, I mean, there's a lot of reasons I don't play anymore, but one of them was that I would be like on a Saturday morning, I'm like, God, you didn't see your kids all week. And now you're going to what? Toss out another seven hours. You're going to drive up this, you know, and do the whole thing. And so I totally relate with that, that feeling of like, I mean, I'm just trying to do something nice for me. Right. And then I feel bad about it. <laughs> right. say, seven hours is a long time. Now I'm totally, I'm, right? I'm messing well, with you, you, brother. You but you got the hour drive. You got the four and a half hour round. You got the hour drive home. You got you know drinks and everybody's eating after. Like that's the thing about golf. It's not a four hour situation. It's like a seven hour situation. Anybody who's honest with themselves. But on the flip side, yes. for both of you, yes. Did you show? Let's not make this about when, me. Let's when, make it about when, Brianna. But when you came home, were you a better Brianna for your son and oh. for your husband? One thousand percent was a better mom, better partner, because I took that hour for myself yes. to go do something for me and move my body. And it it had such profound impacts on my mental health, not even, you know, physical health. Totally another story. Obviously, it was very transformational, but uh, from a mental health standpoint, it was exactly what I needed. Can we talk about mental health for just a second? How was your mental health when you were, you know, a year into having this kid? And, uh, you know, where were you mentally? It's such a loaded question. I've had mental health struggles most of my life. And starting when I was about 15 years old, was diagnosed with depression. I had anorexia in high school and uh, have just sort of been in and out of therapy most of my life. But at that time, us too, I, Brianna. By the way, us too. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yes, it's a, cool, yeah. it's a cool crew of, of folks that are in this group together. And I think the more we talk about it, the more we normalize it, um, the better. So thanks for sharing that. Um, but I think, you know, I, after having a baby, I was really struggling with postpartum anxiety and depression. Um, on top of just being overweight. And so I don't think I was in a great place. My marriage was struggling and I just felt stuck. I felt really stuck. I was a stay at home mom. I didn't have any money and I was unhappy. And I knew that moving my body was going to help my brain. And thankfully moving my body led to making better choices from a food standpoint, which also helped my brain feel better. So it was really just this, this all encompassing so much bigger than my physical transformation for me. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. When, when did you really start to notice a difference, not just physically, but mentally? When, when were you like, you mean okay. like how many, how long into the journey? Yeah. Okay. How, how, how long into your journey were you like, okay, this is for me. I'm feeling this. I'm, I'm going to guess seeing this. Let's go. I'm going to guess four days. Wow. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be really, I'm going to, now, Matthew, it was not that bad. Yeah, no, I was joking. About four days in, you're just like crazy. Yeah, you're like, right, I am right. freaking sore. What am I doing here? I don't want to get out of bed right now. <laughs> no, but it's such a good question because I truly don't think I thought I was going to actually lose weight. I didn't take before pictures. I didn't take measurements. I didn't do all the things that I tell my clients to do now because I don't think I really believed it was going to work for me. Mm, do you regret that? I do because I would kill to know what my body fat percentage was or what my inches were. And so as a coach, like we tell our clients, like do all these things. You're hesitant because you're like, I'm big. I don't even want to know where I'm starting. For sure. But looking back, man, do I wish I had that information because all I've got is some MyFitnessPal 
food logs to look mm. back at and some weight. Obviously, I tracked my weight. I could see what I was losing, but I would kill for progress pictures. And even now, I just don't have any big pictures of myself because we don't like taking pictures of ourselves when we're bigger. So I wish I had those things. So for all of you listening or on weight loss journeys, just suck it up and take the pictures. Take the measurements. You'll be so happy that you did when you're on the other side of this. I but know it, was I a, say, it was a huge part for you on your show. Why is it important to do that? Well, for the exact same reason that she's, she wishes she had them right now is that, well, the, the, there's, there's a couple reasons here. Number one, it's always nice to look back and see how far you've come. And because, and, and another, th- another thing is that, Brianna, how many times have you said, well, I've lost over 100 pounds? People go, like, yeah, right, get out of here. It's bragging rights. You're like, no, look, here's a picture. Look, this is me. And people will be like, oh my gosh. Just to know, because it is such an extraordinary thing that you've done. So to have that kind of documentation, but not just also the pictures, but maybe even like, don't you wish you had kept a journal sometimes of, of your thoughts and your feelings? Because the, the, the pictures can show objectively how you've changed, but then to, to have that documentation of where you're at mentally as well. I think it's really powerful. And then the other reason why I, I'm with you on this, Brianna, is that um, a lot of times when you're going through the weight loss journey, you're stepping on the scale and you're stepping on the scale, thinking that that is going to be, that's the gauge. That's the, the quantitative proof that you're changing, but sometimes it doesn't change. And then if you're taking pictures every single week, you can actually go back and look at these pictures maybe two weeks apart, and you go, oh my gosh, the scale hasn't changed, but I can see a difference. The scale doesn't tell you all the truth. Your body could still be transforming 100%. So to be able to document this incredible chapter of your life as you are changing for the better, it's the most beautiful thing in the world. So I, just to to go back to what Brianna was just doing, she's like, please take your pictures. I beg people to take their pictures because they never regret it. You don't have to show them to anyone. They're yours. But I promise you when the, when the journey's over, you want to show them to everybody. <laughs> so it's, yeah, I'm with you hundred percent on that. Absolutely. And back to your question, Matthew, I feel like it probably took me, I could see my body changing after about a month. I lost like 12 pounds in the first month because it, it comes off pretty easily in the beginning when you got a lot to lose, it doesn't take a whole lot to jumpstart the thing. And then probably within three months, I'd lost about 30 pounds. And I was like, I'm freaking unstoppable. We're doing this. Here we go. Mm. I'm, I can do anything. And I felt on top of the world at that point, And I was only 30 pounds down. Wow. And how, how long did it take for you to reach your goal weight? You know, it was a little over a year by the time I had lost the weight and Looking back, I felt like I was just, I was in such a all in mindset. I was, I was pretty extreme in terms of how quickly it came off because I, I just, I put everything into it. It was like my full-time job Mm -hmm. and not everyone has that ability. Not everybody has that discipline. Not everybody has that that mindset to just go all in with it. But I, I knew that if I just threw everything at my weight loss journey and I could make it come off pretty quickly, that would be, that would be motivating for me. Right. And I wasn't about the like, Oh, half a pound a week. Like I, I get that that is normal and sustainable. And, and at the same time, I knew that if it was going to just fall off slow, I was just going to give up. Mm-hmm. And I knew I needed to be, to be really compliant, to make it, it come off quickly so that I would be motivated to keep going. Mm, okay. Okay. Fair, fair enough. Now, now on, on the flip side though, I know a lot of times if people go too hard, too heavy into it, then it's not sustainable in the end. And they tend to rebound quickly afterward, but you didn't, I mean, we're, this is, this is nine years ago. How did you stop that? How did you stop the rebound from happening? Because usually the more compliant people are, the more restrictive they are to get to their goal. Again, the moment they reach their goal, they go, now I can celebrate. Now I can go back. What did you do to find satisfaction in your food, to not feel restricted and to be able to maintain this for nine years now? 
I almost had to work backwards, Chris. I felt like because they came out guns blazing in the beginning and I was just, I was so compliant. I definitely had a period of time where I had to take a little step back and say, okay, so this maybe isn't sustainable forever. I can't do this forever. But now in order to maintain this, I'm going to have to make it something that not only works for me when I'm in a fat loss phase, but it works when I'm trying to maintain my weight. It works when I'm on vacation. It works Monday through Thursday and it works Friday through Sunday Mm. and it works during the holidays and it works during the rest of the year. And I've had to sort of retrain my brain to, to practice what I preach that sometimes it's better to be 80 to 85% compliant. It's better to be a B minus student than it is to be an A plus student in this realm. And it's a hard it's a hard pill to swallow for those of us who are perfectionists and those of us who are uh, type A personalities. It's like, oh no, like I I've, I've got to be all or nothing with this. And I I truly believe that taking that little backpedal for me and going, you know what, I don't have to be an A student all the time. I can be a B student or I can be a B minus student. And I can still be successful and move forward. And I'm not going to gain all my weight back. Was life changing for me. Wow. I love the way she put that. You know, there's something else that's brewing here. And unless you're from the same kind of place that Brianna and I are, you may not understand this. But you and I are from Minnesota. We're from the same kind of neck of the woods. And listen, there's a lot of bigger people in in Minneapolis and Minnesota. And I, I don't know about your town, but like we weren't the fittest town on planet Earth, right? Like it, it was just pretty normal to look around and see other people that were all, you know, kind of plus size people and and that in a way sort of normalizes the situation for, for folks. Did you experience any of that with the, like the town you were in, the people that you were around on a consistent basis? Hmm. Yeah. You know, I think that's a really good point that the people I was around were not super fit. Like not everybody was ripped and shredded. I'm sure if you go to certain parts of the country, you're in LA or you're in New York or you're wherever I'm sure Phoenix. Like there's a lot of fit people here. You walk around the town and like everybody's running, everybody's walking, everybody's Mm -hmm. biking. Like it's a really fit place, but I never experienced that growing up. That was never something I saw growing up. For sure. No, I think that's really fair to say that, um, you know, I was just, you know, hanging out with my mom friends and had a baby at home. Like no one expected me to be super fit. There was no pressure to be uh, a fitness model or aspire to have this rock hard body or anything. And I think at the same time that can work against you. Just, I mean, it's like if, if there's no motivation, like what's your motivation for change? Why do you want to be better? Why, why are you not content? Why, why can't you just be what you are? And part of me thought that for a while. Like, I'm just going to be this weight now, I guess. Here, this is who I am now. I'm an I'm a overweight mom. That's my new gig. And I, I didn't truly believe I could come out of it. And it wasn't until I sort of you know, started practicing these habits that I became motivated to to change my lifestyle long-term, not just to lose weight, but this is a forever gig. It's not something you do while you're losing and then you go back. Oh, now I can eat, now I can eat drive-through food all the time again. Like this is who you are now. And if you want to stay at this level, then you have to keep doing those things day in and day out. Yeah. Well, my motivation for asking that question was that ultimately you have to decide for yourself that it's what you want, right? Like we, we, we all have grown up in environments that may not, you know, think and, look like us and it's it's up to you to decide what do you want for yourself is this what you want and then you can start to chase that which you have and trust me the only reason you're on this podcast brand is because you have made this something that you've sustained uh you have literally turned your life around i mean for folks who could see her on the screen right now girl shredded right like yeah. look at those guns right she is in the gym she has put in the work clearly this is a lifestyle for you and this is the way you are now yeah, and lost over 100 pounds and kept it off for over nine years now. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, and you're in phenomenal shape. Um, going back to what you guys were just talking about, though, um, I'm really curious about your support system and your circle of friends. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, you're like, maybe this is just my life for the rest of my life. And maybe, you know, maybe I'm just, I just need to accept this as it is. Is that the kind of feedback that you got from your friends? Or what was your support like as you're going through this? Did you get any 
pushback, any resistance, any fear from your friends? Hmm. You know, I think it's funny, my family, because I have a history of also, I've just had so many struggles with food throughout my life and have an eating disorder history. I think my family was really concerned when I started to lose weight. And I remember my mom saying, like, I didn't want to give you praise for losing your baby weight because I was afraid you were going to take it to the other extreme again. Sure. Which is reality for a lot of people. Right. Mm-hmm. Which happens. And so my mom was a little hesitant. I'm sure my dad felt similarly. Um, and yeah, I remember some people just being like, Oh, come on. Like we go out to eat while I was trying to lose weight. And it's like, oh, just eat this. It's not going to kill you. Like you're, you're fit now. Like, um, you know, people, People don't want to be left alone. I think they're afraid. Yeah, I think they're afraid that they're going to lose you as a friend. Oh, Mm -hmm. you're not going to be overweight like me. You're going to be fit. So then how am I going to fit into your life then? Mm. And people are scared that you're going to move on. And so I think that is why sometimes people get uh, criticism or they they don't get the support that Mm. they are looking for from friends and families because people are afraid that they're going to get fit without them and misery loves company. If all my friends and family are overweight, they're going to want me to stay overweight too because that's more comfortable for them. Of course, this is a reality and is probably one of the biggest fears of support systems is losing that individual. Um, I got a question. That version of them, yeah. That's that's exact, that version of them. Uh How did you not slip back into an eating disorder? We've had a handful of eating disorder specialists and I think this is a very important conversation to have here, especially with the history of it. Did you seek counseling? Did you get therapy through that? Because again, as you're losing weight, and by the way, people that don't know are like, oh, Brianna, you're looking so good. And sometimes that can start to feed into it. And you're you're like, okay, I need to get, I need to take this to the next level. It's got to be more extreme. How did you not fall back into that? My eating disorder was very much tied to a situational um, experience that I had in high school. It, my eating disorder was about making myself small so that I wouldn't be noticed by men because I had a, an unfortunate situation, um, with a teacher as a middle school student where I was inappropriately touched by a high school teacher. Mm. And that triggered my eating disorder because I thought if I can just make myself so small, then I won't be noticed by people of the opposite gender. Mm, of course. I've heard the opposite to be true where people do the, they get big so that they can become, you know, less desired yeah. or, you know, and it's so flipping, God, it just pisses me off that that happened to you at such a young age. Uh, and it contributed to this slippery slope for you, for so many other people. Mm. You must have experienced this on the show for people that were in need of transformation. I, I wonder how many of them does it tie back to some sort of sexual abuse in some way, shape, or form? Usually about 50%. Yeah? Is 50, that the number? 50% of the, of the women that I worked with um, came from a, a, a history of sexual trauma. And you, you're right. Whether it's trying to look small, like in Brianna's case, or layers of protection. Right. And we even talked about this in the show. And, and again, I, this is out of my scope of practice. And so it was really important that we actually brought in therapists that would work with them. And the therapist would even say, like, you know, we can consider every 50 pounds like another layer of protection that you, you would put on your body. And so was it the, that awareness, though, the awareness of that situation as you were losing the weight that actually kind of still empowered you to do it? I guess there's no right or wrong way, but to at least have more control so that that did not come back and that that eating disorder did not kind of rear its head, you know, as, as you were losing the weight so that you can actually, number one, achieve a healthy goal and then go on to live a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, my weight loss journey was very much about not being small. It was about being strong. Yes, I was just thinking that. Love it. And that mindset shift was almost night and day because when I was struggling with my eating disorder and anorexia, it was about deprivation. It was about starving myself. Whereas my weight loss journey was about fueling myself with healthy foods and eating protein, lean proteins, eating, um, you know, healthy carbs, healthy fats. And it was about being strong. And I wanted to be the biggest, 
badass I could be during that process and after. And so it's just, it was almost uh, like this rebirth that happened through that weight loss that made being, being physically smaller, not out of hiding, but out of being healthy. I love that. Well, and, and you certainly did that. You are a badass. I mean, you look like a freaking superhero right now. You do. But it's everything. It's not just uh, her physical shape, no. right? Like we're on, we're on StreamYard, uh, a virtual platform, but there's a whole energy and aura around, you know, Brianna. You can just see it. There's a vibrancy in her face. Her skin looks radiant. Like her hair looks healthy. Like there's a, there's a, it's a collective energy that yeah. you can, you can pick up on when you're, when you're in your presence. I can't even imagine how powerful it is in person. Uh, it's, it's extraordinary. That's one of the best explanations. And I just want to commend you so much, Brianna, for sharing that story because there's a thousand million people living in pain right now, living in where you used to be and they don't know how to get out of it or more importantly, why they should get out of it. And you said something so amazing there. You said it was being small was weak and I wanted to get strong. Yeah. And that's the message, right? That's like it, that's it. Right oh, there. it's so good. Well, that's what transformation is all about. Getting strong. Yes. Not like Chris Powell, like muscle strong, no. but getting your strength back, your mental strength, your physical strength, your spiritual strength, your your strength to say no to situations and people that aren't going to serve you. Like that's the kind of strong you're talking about, if I'm not mistaken. Absolutely. And you asked earlier, it was therapy a part of my journey. And for the last 22 years of my life, therapy has been a huge part of my journey. Yeah. Love and that. is to this day. And yes. I couldn't, I wouldn't be where I am without that. And this whole process is so mental. And I get clients that say that to me all the time. This is so much about my mindset and it's, it's so much bigger than food. And I'm mm. like, yes, yeah. yes, it is. Yeah. The, <laughs> the diet and exercise, that's the easy part, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. So you're talking about confidence, the power to take control of your life. And, and, uh, I, I, I do know just based on, on our, the, the connection we've had, a lot of changes were made during your weight loss journey. Um, and during your journey of transformation, especially even with your relationship. And so what, what happened? And I guess you reached a point in which you said, okay, it's time for me to end a relate an unhealthy relationship. When yeah. did you know that was the right time? And, and did it, was it you gaining the confidence and strength to finally reach that point? It really was a process. I knew the week that our son was born that our marriage was not going to work. And we didn't get divorced wow. until he was three. Wow. So what, what told you that? How did you know? I just knew that we were not aligned when it came to parenting and everything that you sort of ignore or brush under the rug before you have kids becomes a really big glaring elephant in the room <laughs> once kids show up. Mm -hmm. And I was not the best version of myself. I'm sure he was not the best version of himself. And we lived like that for years. And I think losing the weight and gaining some confidence, not only was you know, part of my health journey was just becoming a healthier person, not being obese. But a lot of that really pushed me and gave me the confidence to say, you know what, I can do this on my own. And I'm going to be a better mom outside of this relationship. And he's going to be a better dad outside of this relationship. And our child doesn't need two parents who live in the same home together. Our child needs two happy parents. And if that means that we have two addresses, then so be it, because we need to do what is what is best for all of us. And that was the right thing for our family. And has it still been the right thing? Has it improved everything significantly? Because this is important for people to hear who are nervous about what it's going to look like on the other side. Oh, my God. I can't even tell you the amount of peace that I felt of course, leading up to it, logistically, there's so much to think about and there's so many concerns. And I was a stay-at-home mom. I hadn't worked for three years and I was like trying to come back into the workforce. What am I going to do? Which started my whole fitness coaching journey. But then once we got on the other side of it, 
I just felt so free and I felt so much peace with my decision and I knew I did the right thing and we all thrived because of it. And my husband went on to get remarried, have another kid. I went on to get remarried, gained a couple bonus sons. Like it's, it's just been the best. We have a good relationship. We co-parent well. And is it perfect? Of course not. Chris, you know what that's like, you know, it's not always perfect and there's still struggles, but it's so much better than just living together unhappily and not setting a good example of what a healthy marriage should look like for your kids. That is so important. I felt every word of that. I know you did. I was like, quick, give me me a tissue. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, Brianna, you, you, you hit the nail on the head there. 100%. 100%. And that was so beautifully put. And I, you are I, tearing up. I am tearing yeah, up. You are because, tearing look, up. I mean, right. uh, and I know I'm not just speaking for myself, but for I'm sure a lot of people listening yeah, right buddy. now, either you're, you're in that place where you're scared and you're thinking, what, you know, what, what could happen if, if I've got kids and I don't want to take things apart? But Brianna, you're spot on, man. It's like to, to, to show your kids the best version of you and the best version of them, even if it's at a different address. That's probably the best gift you could give them. You don't want to show them what an unhealthy relationship looks like because they're just going to mirror it after you. So show them what a, a healthy relationship looks like you know, where, where you do take care of yourself. And then, and then to show them that it can, both parties can be, everyone can be happy at the end and you can show up as the best you for them. I'm telling you, I, I know there's a lot of people out there that are feeling stuck because you used, used, you used that word earlier, stuck. And you realize that, you don't have to be stuck. And there could be like a whole new world of freedom on the other side of all the messy logistics of taking it apart. Was it worth it? And I'm asking you this right now. Was it worth it to take it all apart? Oh, I would do it over and over again. 100%. It was absolutely. And I, I really never come across anyone who said otherwise. Mm. Everyone I've ever spoken to who's been through it and come out the other side says the same thing. I'd absolutely do it again. And, and it, it just, it helps you through other hard things in your life. I know that my track record for surviving hard things is a hundred percent. And even with our kids, we try to protect them and keep them in this little bubble and we don't want anything bad to happen to them. But honestly, I think I know from my childhood, my, my childhood was so perfect that I became an adult who didn't know how to deal with hard things because I never had to go through anything difficult as a kid. My parents had a perfect relationship or seemingly perfect. You know, it was, I had a great life growing up and I didn't have to go through those things with my family and was terrified that I was going to put my kid through that. And now I know better. I know that he is more well-equipped because he's been through hard things as well. And he will be an adult who can, who can go through hard times because he's already gotten the practice and he's resilient. I love that. And I love so her. True. I am such a fan yeah. of this conversation. This hour has almost flown by. So many incredible life lessons here. Oh, yeah. I'm going to steal Thank one of you. Chris's questions as we kind of wind down a little bit. But what are you capable of now that you couldn't do before? <laughs> so much. Dude, I, we don't have enough time for I that know. one. Yeah. Give, me, <laughs> give, me, give me a couple I of highlights. I love it. You're going to need to have me back if we're going to go on. That's fine. That's fine. I think one of the biggest things that came out of my weight loss journey and something that I think a lot of people struggle with is that they get to the end, they hit their goal weight and they say, now what? And for me, I needed a new reason to keep doing all the work because the weight was gone. And I'm like, I'm doing all the same things, but my body looks the same. And for me, my new goal became powerlifting and just sort of continuing on with the, the strong theme. I thought, I'm going to see how much, what can I do here? And I entered a powerlifting competition and decided I was going to deadlift and squat and bench press and compete and see what I could do. And that was my new why the reason that I showed up every day at the gym, the reason that I ate healthy and that was just life-changing for me, such a fun environment and such a fun group of people in that sport. You're on a stage 
lifting weights and everyone's cheering for you. It's very bizarre. If you've never been to one, I highly recommend. But it's like the most supportive community. And it was so cool to have a goal and train for it and then get up and compete. And uh, it became something that I, I did for many years after I had lost my weight and it became my new reason for, for being fit. I, I love that. I love it that you didn't just cross the finish line and say, that's it. I'm here. No, you always have. It's, it's I, I hear you saying you're constantly setting new goals ahead of you, which is so huge in the process. Oh yeah. Cause you're, you're never there. It's like, okay, what, what are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? And, and which is a beautiful transition into, well, now you're helping other people. Right. So you're, you're, a, you're a coach. So you're a certified trainer, certified nutritionist. And how long have you been helping people through the journey of transformation now? Uh, since 2016, I started officially coaching people. Wow. And so when I was kind of going through my divorce, I was like, all right, I got to get a job. I got to go back to work, transition out of being a stay at home mom. And I didn't want to go straight back to my old world right then. I thought I feel really called to help other people the way that so many people helped me along this process. And so I became a certified coach and trainer and decided to start helping other people do what I did. I love that. Well, and, and we say it all the time on my other podcast, learn from people who lived it. It's like, we all go through things in life. We all do. And, and, and a lot of us can get real stuck on the why piece. Like, why did this happen to me? Why did I have to endure this? Why me? And I like to simplify the answer to that question, which is to say, so that you can help somebody else when it's their turn. And that's what's so beautiful about your journey, Brianna, is that you've been there, done that, battle-tested, tried and true. You, I have to believe you because you are the proof. I have to believe you. You've done the dance. Yeah. You've walked the whole journey. You've said the thing that I love hearing more than anything on planet Earth, which is I found so much freedom on the other side of that conversation. I found so much freedom on the other side of this journey. And that's the part, man. That's what I want to get everybody to. It's like you went through the hard thing so that you can help somebody else. Don't think about it any more than that. And I love that you just leaned into that so fiercely. And now you're the one helping people. So cool to me. Yeah, it's absolutely become clear to me that that was God's purpose for my life. Yeah. And it all made sense on the other side of it. And I'm fully aware that my journey is the only reason that anyone gives a crap about what I have to say. And it truly is that it's that relatability and it's that trust that is just there because I have not always been a fit person Mm -hmm. and I get it. I understand because I lived that life and I walked in those shoes. Mm, Absolutely. And, And that is what makes people want to work with me is because I, I have been overweight and I, I know what that grind is like. And I, I wouldn't trade it for anything because I know that that is why I've been able to be successful in, in this adventure of my life as well. Gosh, that's so odd. And it's in with, with, with the gift of empathy and compassion again, because you've been there. I'm telling all that's my Minnesota awesome. friends about you. I'm telling everyone I know. <laughs> Your roster is going to be full with uh, clients right now. Of control. Start, start the waiting list now. Any other questions for her? We do a little music Let's theme go. here. Yeah, yeah. You ready? Let's have some fun. Okay, all right. So every week on the uh, podcast, we love to play Name That Tune. Uh, it's our favorite game because we both love music so much. And I'm going to assume, Brianna, that when you work out, you are listening to music as well, no? Absolutely. Yeah. What What's on the current uh, workout playlist? What are you jamming out to these days? Oh, that's a good question. You know, anything with a beat. My son is really into 80s and 90s. Okay. Uh, it makes me listen to all of, of those tunes. You can appreciate that. That's well, he, his, he can. That's <laughs> yes. his so 80s and 90s are kind of my thing. Okay. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. So okay. knowing that, is that going to change how you how you step to her on this one? Because I've got my track already. I, I believe she's going to get it because it's kind of, it's kind of a, a workout jam. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's go. You first, please. Okay. You're only going to get the opening like four seconds to the song. Okay. You got to give me title and artist. Here we go. Greetings, loved ones. Let's take a journey. I know it. Oh yeah, I do too. Oh my gosh. 
sounds familiar, but I could not tell you the name of it to save my life. What do you think? Well, that was Snoop Dogg's voice. And it was an amazing collab with with, uh, an incredible young artist by the name of Katy Perry. Uh Uh-huh. California girls. <laughs> I knew everybody would know it. Yeah, California girls from go. Katy Perry and Snoop D O Double G. I'm sure that's been on your workout playlist at some point, right? Um, I'm sure. Yes. If you would have played Minnesota girls, <laughs> yes. I was thinking the same thing. Uh, all right, Chris, all right, you got one right. for him? Okay, so right. um, opening track. Here we go. Yep, here we go. Here we go. You ready? Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. You you better get this one. I think you will. Here we go. All right, cut it off. <laughs> She's already yeah, nodding. It's way yeah. too easy, man. That's way too easy. <laughs> Before he cheats, Carrie Underwood. Hit Bam. play again. Let's see. Here we go. Yes, that is indeed the track. She was just on uh, like Good Morning America or the Today Show or something like that the other day, and she's still singing this song. Wow. Well, it's it made her a lot of money, that's it for sure. sure. It made her a lot of money, isn't that <laughs> That the was truth? a big one. Wow. Yeah, no kidding. Well, Brianna, any questions for us? Uh, or we can, uh, we can let you get back to your fancy day. Oh, thank you so much again for having me. It's been an honor hanging out with you and really appreciate your time and, and what you guys are doing. I think these conversations are so important. And thank you for, for not only bringing health, but, but mental health to the forefront of these discussions. You said it earlier. It's the it's most of the game. That's it. That's it. And and Brianna, we uh, Brianna, we certainly appreciate you and the inspiration that you are and and all of your incredibly motivating posts on Instagram. If you don't follow her on Instagram, please do. It's Brianna Bernard Fitness. So it's at the, the at sign Brianna Bernard Fitness. And man, you're you're just dropping so much incredible knowledge on there. Thank you for for just being who you are, sharing your message, and helping other people. Keep up the good work, my friend. Thank you. So cool. Thanks for being on the I Needed That podcast, Brianna. Have a great day. You guys too. Bye. Talk soon. That was exactly what I wanted. That was so fantastic. Yes. What a journey. I mean, man. And I I love it because it's like you see see a physical transformation. Man, there is so much more story behind that as there is behind every physical transformation. And that's what I love to just really dig down into. You can see me. I'm deep in thought right now, aren't I? I yeah, you be, are. Be, yeah, because I just I, I think about all of the people who, myself included, who are so scared to make that first move because they just don't know what it's going to look like. Sure. And the bottom line is, even if it's messy over here, you know what that looks like. You know what that feels like. It's easier to manage that piece because you, me, and everybody else knows what to do. Yeah, absolutely. And they yeah. won't know what to do when I decide to break away from this and do something different. Right. Right. Like, and that to me, that's the piece of transformation that I think you and I probably could do a better job talking about. Like, it's one thing to talk about getting going, doing it, losing the weight, getting healthier mentally, physically, and everything. But it really is that that idea of what will it look like on the other side? And we don't spend enough time talking about how it's just going to sh- – and it is. It's Guys, there's no way around it. It's going to shift so much. Your relationships are going to look different. People yes. that you were close to before may not be your buddies after or at least as close. People will look at you different. People yes. will treat you different. Yes. And that's that comes with this transformation. Yes. And it's, it's not all hugs and high fives, right. even on the other end of it. Like there's, you're still going to have your relationship problems and financial problems. And there's, there's still like, there's still real life and it's going to keep throwing those curveballs. It will look different, but, but in the journey, oh my gosh, just the strength and the power and like what you learn about yourself in the process. I still have yet to meet anyone who's come out on the other end of it and say, I'm going to go back. You know, you come out on the other end of it, you go, oh, man, that was worth it. I, I needed that. I, I, I didn't did. do that on purpose. I, I swear. What you did no, 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 I swear I didn't just do that on purpose. Perfect segue. It just came out. Yeah, well, that's but why the podcast is called what yeah, it's called. I guess so. Wow. Because I happened. feel that way about the conversation with Brianna today. I yeah. really needed that. Yeah, absolutely. It offers me great perspective. Mm. And, and then also, I think it worth mentioning is... 
how careful we have to be with the way that we treat each other. Because in one moment, you could develop an eating disorder. Or in one moment, your mental capacity can shift based on how somebody treats you or some interaction. She mentioned the one with her teacher, right? In a moment, it can change. And so we all just have to be so aware of how we're treating each other because we don't realize sometimes how powerful our words and our actions could be to someone, right? 100%. You could just destroy somebody one day. And you never know, you never know what someone else is struggling with. We're, here's the thing, we're all struggling. Yeah. Every human out there, when you, guys, yeah. when you guys are sitting in the coffee shop or you're at the gas station, just look around at some of these other humans that are going about their everyday lives. They're all battling something in their mm. head and you don't know what they're battling with. Just a, a little bit of kindness goes a long way. Man, it really does. I love you guys. Thank you so much for being a part of this journey. And you too, man. It's okay. just, this is a tremendous podcast. And I know we're not supposed to say that about our own podcast. But these moments like today remind me of why we get up every day. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. It's awesome. We're here to serve. So I, I hope you guys got a lot out of this discussion. Uh, I certainly did. And yeah. I think she was incredibly dynamic and open and vulnerable. And I really appreciate everything that she brought to uh, today's podcast. And you, my friend. Thank you. You're asking some great questions, and you took this in a, in a beautiful direction. So, yeah? Yeah. Thank Go you. be brave today. Go be strong. Yeah. Go get strong today. That's such a great That's, message. Man, I can't think of anything better to, to strive for. Strength and personal power, loving yourself, confidence, and then every let everything else happen. You know, like losing the weight's a byproduct of that. Well said, man. Let's go. All right, guys. Enjoy your week. Don't forget about the Lululemon 10K Tour coming up November 12th. We'd love to run that alongside you. We've got a link in our show notes, so go hit that right now. And uh, also worth mentioning, take a look at BetterHelp and some of the other partners that we have that might be able to help you on your journey as well. Amen. All right, buddy. Let's get out of here. Until next week.